0: My faith in you is mm-hmm. your only true. I put my faith in trust
1: in Jesus. Hey everybody, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining my very first episode. Well, technically. Me talking about myself was my first episode, but today's my first episode with my very first guests. And I cannot wait to get into it with these ladies. Today, we are talking to, well, I am talking to um, Jane Pinto and Anel Theis. I know them from Faro Church. I served there as a pastor. And Jane is married to the senior pastor of Faro Church. And Anel is married to the administrative pastor. And for the last 10 years that I've been serving at fado I have been observing these women, not like in a stalkerish way, but um, or maybe a little bit. <laughs> but I have <laughs> observed these women for the last 10 years. And I believe that the way that they hold themselves as women, as wives, mothers, teachers, and ministers there is a lot that we can learn from them. Um, So in this episode, we are going to be talking specifically about their role as a pastor's wife. Yes, yes, yes. If you or me who grew up in church, you may have thought, The pastor's wife was just this cute little lady who plans all the parties. And once upon a time, I had a very distorted uh, thought of what a pastor's wife was when I went to Bible school. That is a school where you learn about the Bible. Yes, those exist. And um, I used to think, I don't want to be a pastor's wife. I'm a leader. And then I go to this church, Faro, and I'm like, I could not be a pastor's wife because I would want to kill and beat up anyone who talks smack about my man. So the Lord knows, the Lord knows. Anyways, but today, uh, thank you ladies for joining me. How are you doing?
0: Good. Thank you, Araceli.
1: Good, 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 good. Well, first, tell me about yourself. We'll start with you, Jane, and then we'll go to
0: you Um, My name is Jane Pinto. I'm married to Joshua Pinto, the senior pastor at Fado Church, like you said. I have three children, Caleb, Caitlin, and Kaylee, who are 22, 19, and 11, and I currently am a full-time uh, practice manager for a medical um, office, and I serve in church in being a pastor's wife.
2: All right. My name is Anel Te- um, Telles and I am married to Omar Telles, the administrative pastor at Faro. I have two boys, Elijah, who's 10, and Luca, who's. Eight, I am a fifth grade teacher, and um, I also um, I serve in the women's ministry at Faro. I'm also the wedding coordinator at Faro, and um, yeah, just and help out Omar with whatever he needs.
1: You both of you ladies each forgot a member of your family, your dogs.
0: Oh yes, (laughs) my little puppy. (laughs)
1: I have to mention that because if your family hears this, they're going to call that out. You forgot. (laughs) What are your dog's name again? My dog's name is CJ. And And mine is
2: Chocolate.
1: Chocolate. I have a friend who has a chocolate lab and his name is Choco for Chocolate. Actually, his name is Choco Coco. That sounds like a song. Choco Coco, Choco Coco. Anyways, (laughs) um, ladies. Okay. Do I call you pastora
0: and now you go first. <laughs>
2: go first um you know i mean i don't get offended if you call me pastora um i think people call me that sometimes out of respect uh but i don't you know i'm not a pastor and i don't consider myself you know a pastor because omar is the one that's a pastor and he has the, that that calling on you know on his life but, but I do know that sometimes people do call me that, but, you know, I think they do it out of more of like respect or, you know,
0: yeah. And it's funny you say that That at first in ministry for maybe like the first 13 years, I would get so like um, upset or not even upset, but just like, man, don't call me pastora because that's just such a big responsibility, a big thing. And I'm just a pastor's wife. Like I didn't want to you know, I, he's the one who's the pastor. I'm just his wife, but as the years have gone by and I've, um, and the Lord has just been calling me to really care for people, really care for these, um, these sheep that he's given to us that now I find it just such a privilege when they do call me pastora, even though, um, I'm not, I don't have the title as pastora, but, um, like Anel said, they do it out of of respect and, sometimes I do feel like I am pastoring them. So now I don't get offended anymore. Don't get scared that they're calling me pastora. But um, I do, I am still a pastor's wife, but I'm not shying away from being a pastora anymore. Hey, well, I know for sure you two ladies, a lot
1: of women in particular, young women, uh, love to speak with you, you know, about their life and stuff like that. And um, that is very much uh, some, you know, responsibility that even a pastor has, you know, guidance. And I know I've gone to both of you at different times of my life. And now you were my mentor when I first came to Faro. I don't know if you remember. We had to have like accountability partners, and then Jane, I'll be, I'll be like blowing up Jane's phones from time to time, like all randomly, with like paragraphs. But it's okay. Anyways, <laughs> so you are <laughs> pastors' wife, but each of you have. Um, your journey to become a pastor's wife, a pastor's wife, is very, very different, Jane. When you married uh, Pastor Josh, he was already a youth pastor. And then I know now when you married Omar, he wasn't a pastor, but he was—he had a full-time career and he was uh, very involved in ministry. But then, Jane, your husband became a church planner, senior pastor, and and now then your husband. Uh, was not just involved in ministry, but, like, Homeboy could run a church himself, like, if y'all don't know Pastor Omar, he is, like, the pillar, he is, like, y'all don't even know, this man carries a lot, I appreciate both of these men very much, but, um, tell me a little bit about, like, your journey into, you know, your husband's becoming pastor's, uh, were you in agreement with your decision? How did you come to that agreement? How did you show your support? And, you know, were there like any difficulties at, you know, along the way? And how did you guys get through it?
2: Well, funny story <laughs> is that I grew up in church and my family was always very close to the pastoral families. And I always said I was never going to marry a pastor. Um <laughs> Because you know, it was. I would see the challenges. I would see, you know, it's tough. It's tough, and 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 so you know, I remember like my sister went to Bible school, and you know, and I was just like, no, that's not for me. Like I'm just not. And so with with when I met Omar, I was a leader, and 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 he was a leader as well, and he he had just graduated from from Bible school. So and I also said I was never gonna marry someone from Bible school. Um, and it all just happened. So, um, so yeah. So for, I, I think when, you know, when, when that came up and it was um, when God was calling him to be a pastor, um, you know, obviously at that point I was um, just saw it as such a privilege and, and my, and my heart had changed obviously at that point I was older, you know, more mature. And, um, and so for, for me, I don't think it was such a hard transition, um, like I thought it would be. Um, I think just just the fact that we were both, you know, we we both felt like this was a god thing, obviously. And um, but at the beginning, I want to say that it was hard. It was, you know, it was challenging because his his role obviously changed, and um, and it was just. Difficult for me to, you know, I think at the beginning, you know, to really understand um, the the responsibility, the amount of work, and everything that you know that went with it. Um, it's not just a title, you know, it's a lifestyle, and, and you know, it's 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 just a it's just a huge responsibility. And so, um, so at first, you know, it was a struggle in the sense, you know, just kind of getting used to everything. Um, really understanding, but I think as the time has gone by, um, and Omar can def you know definitely tell you that my heart has changed, and 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 I you know I support him one hundred percent, and I did since since the beginning. But it was just a difficult transition, like you said, he went into full time ministry, and I think me being a teacher and having a very demanding career, um, you know, it's been. you know, at first it was very, very difficult trying to balance everything out. But I mean, I'm just, like I said, it's such a privilege and such an honor to be able to, to be married to a pastor and to see more than anything, um, what God does through him and, you know, and just how, like how many people, how many people's lives he's, you know, he, he touches, um, and he serves. Um, so yeah, I think, I, I think, at the beginning, yes, it was difficult, but um, I think now we've found our place. And um, so, yeah.
0: For me, um, he was also working full-time for many years as a full-time pastor, but also as a full-time worker. So in in the insurance field. And so we always had that sense of security financially, that stability where, yes, the church was growing. So we didn't have to depend on a church salary. So when he got the call to, we were youth pastors, but then he, he got the call to, to start Fado. At first it was just scary. I just felt scared. And like, you kind of don't know. Um, this is kind of not what I signed up for when we got married. I knew we would serve in ministry. We always loved serving since we were like 18 years old, we served in like youth and so many other different parts of ministry together. So we knew when we got married that we were going to continue to do that. It's just that being a senior pastor was just something we had not talked about. So when it, when the opportunity came and he felt such a strong call, and the way we wanted to do ministry, which is bilingual, and to be able to um, fulfill the needs of our kids as well, as not just people, but also like the children, like my, my son and daughter didn't speak um, Spanish, so the church we were at was only in Spanish. So knowing that they weren't understanding and everything was important for us to to make sure that we were not just saving others, but also saving our children as well, meaning presenting the gospel in a way that was attractive to them and that they could grow was really important. So I just fell in love with the vision of the, uh, that he had for the church. And um, I really just wanted to support him, to support him, even though, you know, humanly speaking, you're scared, you're, you're uncertain of what's going to happen, what's going to come, but you know that the Lord is in control of it and that the Lord is the one leading so I've always felt so comfortable and just willing to follow what my husband wants to do because I know that the Lord is the one leading him and that it was the Lord opening these doors into ministry in this in this function as senior pastor
1: so how did you find that easiness or that peace to know like we're going in the
0: right direction I didn't hear God saying, yes, Jane, you're going to do this, (laughs) support your husband, go now, take the step of faith. I never heard that, but um, I've always been a very fearful person. And it's something that I've always struggled with, just that I've always wanted security, always wanted like 100% assurance, just because that's how I feel comfortable, because I do struggle with fear and the, you know, not knowing where I'm going, what I'm doing, and then starting this new church and Not knowing really how to go about that, even though we've always been in a church, but not, you know, really knowing what that entailed. And it's just the Lord started just placing this love, a love for the church, a love for my husband and just wanting to to serve and not be scared. And so I just felt God's peace more than anything, just felt him leading and I trusted God in that. So I've, I've always been very sensible to where the Lord, like I know what God's peace feels like. And I just felt that it's okay. Just, you know, serve and, and move forward and le- leave the fear behind and just let go and let God just really move forward, like with this, with the church and stuff. And that really helped me, it, just feeling God's love and just that peace. What about you, Anel?
2: Yeah, and I think um, I think that just like Jane said, you know, trusting in God, like not really knowing, you know, but I think for myself, um, just seeing how that, how Omar just found his place, like, because before, you know, he was just a leader. I mean, not just a leader, but I mean, he was a leader in ministry, not as a pastor, but when he became a pastor, I was like, Oh my gosh, like Omar has a pastor's heart. You know, it's like, it was just like, wow. Like he totally does. And he has such a servant's heart and he's so compassionate and it's amazing. It's amazing to see him when I'm, you know, when I watch him, when I see him and, and, Mm -hmm. and so to be, to, to see that I knew, like I said, it was a God thing. Like it was like you know, yeah, you step into it by faith. You go by faith. You don't know what's gonna happen, right? But um, so that, so that I think was confirmation more mm-hmm. than anything to see how how God uses him and how he totally has a pastor's heart. And I think how that has transferred to me as well, as far as you know, being compassionate towards others. And you know, I love serving side by side with him. I love doing that. I love. Um, I love doing that and it's just, you know, I mean, it's been awesome, but yeah, just more than anything, watching him like walk in his calling has been awesome.
1: I love that. What helped bring peace was you're able to see the gifting, that pastoral gifting in your husband. And that is what assured you like, oh, we're, this is the right thing. And Jane, you were just able to trust God's peace within yourself to know like, this is right, but what are what are some like practical ways that you were able to show your husbands that you were here to support them? I'm not married, but I would assume in a marriage, you know, you go to one another for support, right? Like, am do you, what do you think, and you know, how do you feel about this? Which I'm sure that they they've done this uh, with each of you before moving to the
0: next step. The biggest thing for us, honestly, was just communicating. Just talking um, a lot, talking a lot about the where he felt that the Lord was sent, like the vision that he had for the church, where the, he felt that the Lord was uh, leading the church. And then just me, the words of affirmation that come from a wife is, are really important. Just those words, your mouth just has such power um, to either help build or really destroy. And more as a pastor's wife we have incredible power with our, with our mouths. We can be uh, like Anel said, serve side by side. But if you're going to be side by side nagging and saying like negative words or a negative attitude, or just a critical attitude, judgmental, it will translate into the ministry. It will translate into your husband. It will translate into the church and it can cause such damage. And so just understanding that from an early, from the get-go, just how, much of an influence as a wife you have in your husband and just knowing that okay you really want this to to thrive you want it to flourish and how am i going to help f- help my husband be encouraged with my words to help the church thrive and flourish. And I don't have the power, you know, like I'm not the Holy Spirit or anything, but I do in my capacity have the words that are going to help encourage and help build up. And when the hard times come, I, I can help, um, pray, assure him and just get the word and just read it together. Give us, give each other like verses that will help, um, get through the times that come that are difficult because it's not always just going to be like hey this is so wonderful and you're always on a high there's mm-hmm. always going to be valleys there's always going to be deserts there's always going to be different seasons in ministry but that's one of the biggest things that josh and i have found is just communicating with each other and really like sometimes i communicate a little bit too much to him <laughs> and it's like a, <laughs> too much but um, as long as i know that i am speaking to a man of God, and that is also my husband. I just see it that way. Like that's really worked for us in ministry.
2: Yeah. And, you know, and I think just like you said, Jane, words of affirmation, because they need to hear it. They need to hear it. You know, you can do it and you're doing an amazing job. And, you know, like I'll say, Hey, I love the way you were doing this. And, oh my gosh, that's awesome. And, you know, and yeah, and they, I mean, I know Omar comes comes to me and he'll ask me, hey, so what do you think about this? I was thinking about that. And so, you know, he'll always ask my advice, like, uh, what do you think? Um, but I also think just like Jane said, something really, you know, really important is the whole nagging part, knowing that what they're doing is very important. And I know that at the beginning, it was difficult because if he had to go and, you know, sometimes at midnight, he had to go do a visit he will be like, oh my gosh, it's midnight. Like, oh my gosh, you know, it's so late, but <laughs> you know, but later on I was like, no, he's going to go minister. Like, you know, so it's just, just, I guess maybe just, you know, just letting them go and, 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 and just letting them do their thing. I think that has been such an important thing that they're not like so concerned, like, oh my gosh, what is she going to say? You know, but I know that he's doing ministry. Um, so I've, I've learned that because it was hard. I mean, we have a family and it's, and it's difficult, you know, sometimes, but um, I think words of affirmation. And then, like I said, just letting them do their thing and not nag them and say like, Hey, you know, why, why, why do you have another meeting? You know, because they have a lot of meetings, you know, and, 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 and yeah, it's hard. It's challenging, but that's something that they have to do, you know, and it's the same thing. I think, I think I can understand it a lot more too because I read papers late at night. Like I also have to do things out of office hours or whatever. So, you know, it's like a mutual understanding, but like I said, I think just supporting them in that way.
1: One thing that I have noticed about you women is, and it's, and even as you explain, it shows is that, uh, you are present, you know, cause there can, they, I have seen, um, pastor's wives or pastors, spouses, um, who are just unaware of what their, their uh, husband does, you know, Uh, they're unaware of what they're doing. And they're just kind of, you know, just kind of absent minded. And when it's when you say when you're saying, Oh, you're doing a good job, in order to know if they're doing a good job, you have to be present, right? Maybe you don't go to every single speaking or outing. But there has to be a point in, his ministry that you are paying attention you're observing you that's your uh, another way to support is just being present right Mm because i know with you jane um i know pastor josh shares his sermons with you practices with you right he asks here and i'm sure um pastor omar does the same with you and now asking you like what did you think how was that and were these points right and or you know how did it how do you think people got it And it's being present in order to be, because it's not just like, you know, a little kid who draws a picture and you're like, oh, it's so great, so pretty. And it's just like chicken (laughs) scratch, you know? You know, you really have to be present in order to to give them that affirmation. Both of you had, you know, talked about how, you know, your husbands have gone through different changes throughout the years, right? You know, Pastor Josh was, yes, full-time pastor, full-time career. And then he made a change to just, full-time at the church, you know, full-time staff, same thing with pastor Omar, uh, full-time career turned into not employed at all, then part-time and then full-time at the church. Right. And so not only has, you know, their roles changed, but I'm sure that also affects your family dynamic. How do you guys get through those changes? Like, you know, how do you decide? Because I mean, I've witnessed where Pastor Josh, he's like, I got to go. I got to pick up my daughter from school, right? And then sometimes I've seen, you know, Anel's boys at church because Omar had to pick them up or he brings them in the morning and takes them to school later or whatever, right? Definitely there's a communication, but how do you prioritize or how do you guys decide how the family dynamic is going to work or
0: how do you guys decide that? Well, for us, it's, we have three children during the first part of ministry the two are only three years apart so many times it's kind of like an Omar right now with her children's age where um, they're in elementary they get sick or you know I've always tried to find a job where I get out at two um, just so that I can pick, be there to pick them up I think it's always important that one of the two parents be available for the child um, for our children that was just something that we agreed upon early on in ministry that you know Family, these things we needed one of us had to be present. So it's either going to be for some seasons it was me, some seasons it was him. Once um it's funny because once he came into full ministry and not working in an office anymore, I'm like, man, this is awesome. Now you get to pick up the kids, now you get to take them here, now you get to do all this stuff, and I get to work more. And then it was like uh it was like uh no. <laughs> it was like I still have to work. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, wait a minute. So uh, you can't pick them up whenever I need you or, you know, all this stuff. And and I have to be understanding, you know, like, and we just have to work together. There are, were some times where he, I, I just, we've always had this clear understanding, be present, be present in our family. Like no matter what, even when the times when he would be working full time at, at the other job and he would have to go work at church later on. So he'd get, you know, work the seven to four, come home, eat, change and go to church to work for the rest of the night, I would just make sure we'd have dinner together, just make sure that the kids would see him, just that they could have like one hour of intentional time with the kids so that they can say, hey, where's dad? I haven't seen him for days, you know. So um, it, that was really important for us. So during these different seasons where they they were growing up, we just try to make sure that we had the communication and I had the understanding that even though because a lot of people think that if you're pastors you just get to do whatever you want with your time, but that's not how things really work. Um, there's they have so much to do and sermon prep and like there's so much time that goes into what they do that it's just understanding that part of it and then just working, working together, working together to find a schedule that works and that they can also see dad, but then also uh, and feel like dad's present. And at the same time as us being able to maneuver the kids around.
2: Yeah, I think, um, I think that that's probably one of the most important things. Gr- uh, growing up, I grew up with a lot of PKs and they, they struggled. It was it was hard because parents you know were not as present you know like jane was talking about being present and i think that was one of the conversations that omar and i had and i said look our kids are going to be pks and i don't want them you know to later on say like hey you were never there um so that's something that we have you know since the very beginning come into agreement that our families are priority and being intentional, but, um, communication. And I think since the very beginning, because that was something that was established and we made sure that, you know, um, that we did that. And Omar is an amazing dad who is very present in the boys' lives. And he makes sure that if, even if it's a late meeting, um, they'll text him and they'll say good night. Um, they're very attached to him. And so, or they'll wait for him to come and tuck him into bed and things like that. And communication is, is key. There's there's definitely busy seasons. There's there's times when, you know, uh, months that it's busier than others. And that's when we talk to the boys. I think also explaining to them, you know, um, and they know. But as long as they know that, you know, dad is present. And if they need him, he will come to them.
1: Yeah. So whenever you feel, you, you mentioned uh, busy seasons. When those busy seasons comes, comes, come um do you make sure that you also have
2: boundaries within those seasons i think for us you know balancing everything out because i like i said i grew up with pk's and 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 i saw you know where their some of their lives ended up and you know so that was very very um very important and the boundaries i think that's something that that you learn along the way um I think at the beginning, you try to do everything and go to every single party and every single event and every single thing. But, you know, we need to be realistic and we need to be wise about things as well. So um, I know being able to say no when you can, because I know there's responsibilities as well. Mm You know, the whole, the holidays, that's the hardest part. We get several invitations, you know, to go to people's parties, I mean, or homes for dinners and things like that. And It's a little different this year, but you know, just being able to balance everything out, and 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 again, it's just a season. It's not like it's like this all the time. So I think our family already knows when we'll be the most busiest.
0: Yeah, in those, uh, in these times, not just in these times, but when the kids were, even now, because Kaylee's still only eleven. I understood from from the get go that my first ministry are my children. So our children are our first in, in our home. And um, meaning that one of us needs to tend to them and be there for them. Like Anel said, a lot of times we speak to pastor's kids and um, throughout the years I grew up in church like seeing pastor's kids and I hear them I, you know, crying and telling me like how they felt and how much they really hated ministry and what they did to their parent life, to their family life. And that their parents were not present and all these things, I would just make mental notes of them Mm -hmm. and just be like, so pastor's kids are so dear to my heart and I really pray for them because. As parents, we don't get a manual that says, this is how you treat a pastor's kid. This is how you raise them. This is what you do and you don't do. And it was like in my head. And I told Josh, like, learn from them. Like, let's let's hear them out. Let's learn from what they're saying so that we don't make these mistakes with our children. And so since the beginning, like, it was always like my, Josh's, priority ministry wise was you know the church like the church and then at he made you know obviously he's a spiritual leader at home but I would be the one that would follow through like I would be the one um, being with them just not leaving them wherever and with whoever it's just in those in those times in those seasons where where we were you know when the kids are growing just making sure that we're there and 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 we're present and that dad knows everything that happens and mom knows that everything that happens and uh, making sure that you know, they understand and grow up knowing that church is a blessing and not like something that took away their parents. And that's what, you know, we've done throughout the years is just really try to be so uh, intentional, so intentional about making sure that we're there and present in all the seasons of their lives. And, you know, and God has helped, has helped us thank God till now.
2: And I also think involving them, like having them be part Uh, some of the things that we do Mm. is very important as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And just seeing, you know, um, what a blessing that is to do. um, I think that that's important too.
1: What, you know, you mentioned involving them. Um, Sometimes there's some kids that are are being forced to serve um, or to be a part of. Have you ever had those challenges with your own children or... Or, I mean, I'm sure it
0: varies as they get older. How did you do that? How were you able to get them involved? I truly, Josh and I always talked about this because that was one of the biggest complaints that the the pastor's kids would give us. And we would be like, I don't ever want to make them do something just for us to look good as a family. Like, hey, look what my kid is doing and look Mm. at what this kid, look at my, you know, they're doing this, they're doing that. We've made it so like, even on Facebook or social media, I don't like to like blast everything that they do just because I want to respect them and just it comes from their heart. I have never pushed them. Like they grew up knowing since they were little Sundays are for the Lord every day, you know, you know, whatever you do, you do it with your whole heart. You do it with excellence. Even if it's, you know, cutting donuts, even if it's, you know, Vacuuming the church, even if it's picking up the trash, whatever they learned to do was because I was doing it. Like I would lead by example. And and I know Anel does the same thing and Omar. Like we're so big on just, they see us and then in the heart that you do things, you know, not because, oh man, look what they did. They made such a mess in the bathroom. Now we got to go clean it up. And, you know, no, it's like, oh, you know what? This is the Lord's house and this is part of the Lord's house. Let's clean it up. Let's make it look pretty. You know, like let's make it all look nice. It's just your, the way you um, involve them in ministry is so important. And your attitude as a parent, like what you're showing them, how you're teaching them, like in the attitude that you're having, they're going to mimic it. That That's what their kid is learning. And, as, and it's been awesome that throughout, even right now, even when they get involved with the, like if they like, you know, one of my daughter just. She would be like, I'm in this ministry and this ministry, and you got to take me here and you got to do that. And I would, I'm in my head, I'm like, man, pick one ministry. Like, <laughs> but I can't say, Hey, you're serving too much. You know, like I don't want to do that because there's gonna come a time where they're gonna, you know, you you're they're growing up, they're gonna be like, Hey, you know what? I want some time off of serving, you know. But thank God, like I've we've never had to push. We've they've seen us from we we serve the Lord with all our heart. Not because you're a pastor's kid, you gotta serve, you have to, you know, lead by example all this stuff we've never had to say those things to them nor do I want to ever have to say those things to them I want them to that for that to grow like in their heart that desire that because they've learned that at such a young age like to just serve and thank God like till now we haven't had to struggle with that they've wanted to serve the Lord themselves
2: yeah you know, I saw um when you were saying that it brought to my mind uh, when we did a we gave out toys and Luca wanted to be next to Omar because he wanted to do exactly what he was doing, you know uh, asking the, the people, talking to the people and yeah, they're 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 watching us and they you know they want to do what we want like what we're doing. and I think that's that's awesome to lead by example.
1: I know some of you are talking about like why are they only talking about? The church and stuff. Well, that's what we're talking about. Their role as a pastor's wife. And um, I know that sometimes there could be expectations on you. Like, you know, and now you touched on it a little bit, how you're expected to go to every single event, every single dinner, right? Um,
0: you're expected to be everywhere all the time. I think that people's expectations, um, they have their own. It's funny, like they they expect you to be at this level or they expect to like the pastor's wife to be involved in the women's ministry and be, be the women's ministry coordinator and and be this and be that and the children have to be this or that and um if they're not doing it well then what's wrong with you guys like maybe you guys are not doing what the lord wants and then i struggled in the beginning a lot like finding my identity finding who i wanted to be in the church and what was it that i was supposed to do or not do or you know um try to please i'm a people pleaser as it is and just it got to the point where the church got big bigger that I was just felt like a chicken without a head running from here from event to event baby shower you know just so many things that come up in ministry and it was it came to the point where Every single weekend, you know, like it was packed, it was full and it wasn't just one thing. It was three things and it was running here, running there. And then I, Josh and I just had to have a conversation. We're like, well, what do we do? Like, how do we tend to all of this? And then, you know, thank God, like, we had, we had a lot of pastors, a lot of leaders. And, you know, like, I would just even ask, like, which one are you guys going to? And then that way, I'd go to the other one so that, you know, the, the church would feel like somebody attended or somebody went. But um, a lot of times me and and I would have to have these conversations, too, you know, like, how do you do it? Like, how do you? How are you everywhere? Like, it's impossible. And then we just started to have to say, no. And to me, that's a that's hard to say no <laughs> to say no because I want to you know please everybody and be everywhere and, and it's impossible or it, it was just becoming really unhealthy. So I just started to having to make decisions and just you know um apologize we couldn't make it, but that we'd pray and you know um, be there for them, but we just wouldn't be able to make it to the event but we were still present in their lives or you know I would make sure that they understand that we you know it wasn't that we didn't want to go but It's just we have a lot of other commitments and stuff.
2: Yeah, I think, um, Jane, you mentioned how, you know, trying to find your place, right, Mm -hmm. at church, because um, I know I have a calling in my life. And before I met Omar, I was a very active leader. So when when Omar goes into full-time ministry, I took kind of a backseat to that. Mm -hmm. And that was really hard. That was actually, I felt like I was useless. Like I was like, Mm. Oh my gosh. Like I was so active. I was so active in church and now I'm just sitting there and I just didn't feel like I really mattered. But what's awesome is that Omar also knows I have a calling in my life. So he's always been super supportive. And the, you know, finally the time came and I was like, okay, all right, I'm going to get involved with women's ministry. And, um, and so, you know, finally I was like, okay, you know what, this is what I love to do. And, and, and I know that this is where God has me, but I think, you know, finding your place because you're the pastor's wife, like you are Omar's wife or Joshua's wife. You're not, you know what I mean? Like, that's what they've labeled you. Mm. And so, um. but they need, but like, they need to know that, you know, you also have a calling in your life and I'm just not. I haven't just been called to be Omar's wife. Like I have a calling, God has called me. Yeah. And, um, and so to be able to walk in that calling uh, was just, again, you know, to put it on hold and be like, oh, you know, but God, you have called me to do this. And, you know, there's always a time for everything. And so I thank God because now I am doing what God has called me to do. I think as a pastor's wife, you know, I almost feel like all eyes are on you. So we have to, you know, as pastor's wife, we have to protect our husband as well. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of things, you know, that, that, that we, a lot of stuff that we have to deal with sometimes, but yeah, no, I think there's a lot of challenges, but those are some of the things that I can think of.
0: It's hard to, to be able to keep up with that. But um, as I was, and was speaking, you know, it's, it's very it's very difficult to hear sometimes the things that people say to your face, like with just no shame, no nothing. They'll just flat out just tell you things and you're just like, well, okay, what do I do with that? And just, you smile. And then you just say, Mm -hmm. okay, thank you for letting me know that you feel that way. But um, composure, (laughs) composing ourselves and, and just being mature in the Lord um, is so important. It's so important because if I was just my young self that just told people what I thought and just, you know, let them have it every time they gave it to me, uh, we wouldn't have a church. Um, they would run because we have the ability to, you know, as humans, just be mean sometimes and just crass, not not care what the other people our feeling or how the, how our words will impact somebody else. And for some reason, they think we can just take it, you know, take all the words that they have to tell us or the criticisms or, you know, their opinions of like why my husband is bald and, and other men are not bald. And there's just things you have control over and there's things you just don't have control over. So even things like that or like you no know, dressing, jeans, I mean, so many things that come up in ministry that people just really point out. And one of the biggest things that if I could tell another person, pastor's wife when they hear all these things just said to your face is just keep your composure, know who you are in the Lord, and just don't take those things to heart. Guard your heart. Because the minute that you allow those words to just grab hold of your heart, it starts creating a little bit of bitterness, resentment. It just really starts playing with your mind. It it really brings a lot of insecurities. It'll make you get very insecure really fast. And some of us as pastor's wives, we're already insecure as it is. Mm -hmm. Because like I said, a lot of times we don't know our place. Where do we belong? What do we do? Because we're, um, you know, like, say, in my case, like, Anel had that same thing, like, our kids are small, like, we have to be there for them, we can't just let them run around church and, and not have a parent to be there, you know, guiding them, picking them up and taking them here and doing all the stuff with them, that if we, if we don't take care of them, and we don't take care of our hearts, we're going to be in trouble. So one of the biggest things is, yeah, just guard your heart and don't allow those criticism, those things that people can tell you or those expectations to really grab hold of your heart and just allow those, um, you know, seeds of resentment and just bitterness start growing because then you just become one of those really mean pastor's wives that want to control everybody and everything. Mm. And it's not good.
1: Lately, you've been seeing a lot of different um reports of pastors, whether they're dealing with depression, um, Mm. suicide, and even adultery, right? And you had mentioned how, you know, I need to protect my husband. Um, How, and you even say how random people will come up to you. How do you, how do you protect your husband from those, I just those few things that I mentioned, you know, maybe anxiety, depression, faithfulness, right? And not necessarily like he's out there trying to go out there but maybe women who may be trying to come up to your husbands because you know they see this man behind the pulpit or serving and may
2: be attracted like how do you protect your your husbands from that you check in on them I know that Omar sometimes he looks really tired and I'm like hey how are you doing are you okay so making sure that they're okay Um, as far as other women I think that God has given me the gift of discernment and I can, I can, I can kind of, you know, and I think Mm -hmm. as women, we can kind of already tell. And so I'll tell them, I'll be like, you know, I just don't like the way this, you know, person or whatever, or look at the way that person is. So I'm always like, I don't know, I can just kind of tell. And so I'll, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of tell him because I think as men, sometimes they're just so busy that they don't see it. You know, they don't. And I think as women and Jane can probably attest to this, like we see it, we feel it. And we you know, and I will tell him. And so I say, you need to be careful. So I think just doing that, but checking in on them is so important. That's so important. Just making sure that they know that we
0: care about them. I mean, they're so concerned about caring for others all the time. In reality, like there's nobody really caring for them, like the church, you know, we're all, all of the leaders and all the pastors, we're all involved. We still, our focus is caring for others, but we don't really are intentional about caring for them, the pastors many mm-hmm. times. So I make sure that I try to make sure that his needs are being met, like that he's, you know, fed, clothed, um, making sure that he's attended to, um, that he's okay in every area of our lives, you know, and um, on top of that, like, The whole, you know, other women, and thank God the Lord gives us discernment as wives. Um, And then it's just important to establish boundaries, to establish boundaries. And, you know, um, we have said things that we've talked about, like, I don't, you know, I don't want him, other women, like, leaving, like, um, colorete, how do you say that in English? Uh, lipstick on his collar. And I'm like, hey, that's just way too close. What, what is that? You know, like coming home. And then there was times where women intentionally did that. Like, and I'd be like, okay, who he's like he has no idea he's just being hello hermana hello you know like he doesn't pay attention to those things but i'm like you have to put boundaries you have to guard yourself you know like do side hugs do this this do the other when you counsel other women you know make sure the door is open make sure that you know pastor omar is there or vice versa so we're very like careful we're super careful to make sure that there's never anything misinterpreted or you know misleading or any kind of a gesture that might another person might think that it's something else that it's not and we and that comes with communication like making sure that i tell him hey i didn't like that you know like i didn't like this or and being open and him telling me honey i didn't even know and then i'm like i know you don't know but that's why you have me and i know that i know that you should know. And, um, so many times it's just that like make communicating, like just telling him how I feel him telling, you know, me being vigilant, vigilant and, and caring for him in all aspects of their lives. Like it's super important.
1: What it sounds like is, you know, you got to be on guard all Mm -hmm. the time. I mean, what is especially important is that, that you, your, your own relationship with Christ is strong, that you are taking care of you know yourself, or at least you're taking the time to be so you, with the Lord, so that way you can discern who, and not just women, but just anyone who might mm-hmm. be trying to take advantage of your husbands or even of your children, right? Because that happens too, right? Or people who try to make try to you know um, take advantage of you, and so. You know what is your? Yeah, I know you guys mentioned that you talk to each other. So yes, you know, do you have like uh, a a uh, pastor's wife support group? Do you have mentors? Like, no, you know, we laugh, but like, I have, I have like my single pastor friends that I that I speak with to talk about what it's like to be a single leader in the church. Um, I have my female pastors that I talk to, like what it's just like to be. A female leader, period, right? And so, you know, what is what is your support look like? We've heard how you support your husband and your children. And again, I'll say this later, it was very important that we talk about this, because a lot of people are not aware of the role of a pastor's wife. What does your
2: support look like? Who supports you? Well, I think for myself, I, um, I'm just a person that's very careful who I speak to. Mm. Um, And I think as a pastor's wife, you have to be very careful who you go and get counsel from and who you go and either vent to. Um, you just have to be very wise. So I know for myself, Jane is one of, is, is my top person that I go to. Um, I have other pastors, um, female pastors that I go to as well for advice um, but I don't have it's not a big group. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's very limited. It's very limited. I and, and and that's and that's how I like it. So yeah, so it's amazing to have someone like Jane, who has more experience, uh, who has, you know, children who, you know, whom I can come to, you know, or, or call or text and, in and, and, and she can pray for me and, and we can talk and um, it's very important that you're not, you know, going through stuff alone. Uh, because you feel like, well, I'm a pastor's wife; I shouldn't be going through this, you know. But no, we're human, so mm-hmm. I think I think a support a, a support team is very important.
0: I agree with Annela 100, percent and also like her and I, the Lord has placed her in my life. And many times I'm like Annela, I need you to listen. I need you to pray, you know. Um, and it's it's such a blessing to find somebody like that that you can that you know that is spiritually mature, that you know that you're gonna get a good uh, biblical counsel from a person that's going to pray for you. And it, and it is very important to make sure that they are mature Christians that, you know, like we could totally go to like, I can go to my sister and be like, Hey, this is what and she's going to give me a pat in the back and she's going to love on me and tell me everything I want to hear. But then I know who I go to for certain things, but I know that when I need uh, you know that I'm going through stuff in ministry or I'm going through or I need to vent or I need prayer. I know I can go to her. I know I can go to Annelle. And I know that I'm she's gonna give me good biblical sound truth. Mm-hmm. She's gonna tell me stuff that I don't want to hear and that I'm probably not, you know, I'm not gonna get that pat in the bank Everything you do is so good, Jane. Like that's not <laughs> that's not what you want. You want somebody who is gonna push you, who's gonna make you. Um really realize maybe I'm wrong, or maybe I'm right, or maybe this was wrong, or maybe this person was wrong. But um, it's so important to be careful. Be careful who you go to, be fair, fe- be careful who you're giving information about your family, your husband, your children to, because um a lot of times we're human and we we're gonna fail. we we are we will like we're not perfect, you know, we're not Jesus, you know, we're we're you know, people that fail fail others unfortunately and uh, many times we just have to be so careful who we go to because our problems that we might think that are so little and not too bad can really hurt somebody else can be a stumbling block for somebody else because maybe they're not as mature as we thought in the lord that can take it you know and instead of and then the thing is that maybe my husband and i are going through something right now but tomorrow we're going to be fine or tonight you know we're going to be fine but then what we said will stay in that other person's mind the next sermon. And they're going to be like, "Ah, yo sé lo que, you know what you did, you know, like at home. And so a, a lot of times we're going to work it out with our husbands. We're going to be able to do it. But having that, pe- the people around you, like I do have another couple that is older that have been pastors for many years. Um, I, I like to ha- talk to them and bounce my ideas or my, my fears or my whatever with them, because they just kind of, this is what we went through and their children are older and their children have already gone through things that my children are starting to go through and I can get good sound advice from them. So having a couple of people that you can really like go to and really get that good biblical counsel is super important. And just being so careful of who you share your information with. That's tough.
1: That's tough. Because I know Jane, you love the world. You, You love the whole world, you know? and so i can only imagine you know how difficult it is i mean cuz you're not just protecting your family right you're protecting a church cuz as you said mm-hmm. earlier what you do affects how he leads right yes. and and yes you know yes his role as a father comes first right and you have that boundary but you also have this understanding that he's leading sheep he's leading a congregation And so there's a lot of weight on, on your shoulders, because again, you're not just a mom and a wife to your children that you gave birth to, but you have all of these kids who are growing up in your church, these teens, these other women and men that attend that, you know, kind of, you know, whatever you're doing will essentially affect how they grow just because of the, it affects how your husbands lead. It was very important for me in this episode and to start my podcast with these women. Um, Again, this season is focusing on women leaders in the church. Pastors' wives are not seen as leaders. They're just seen in some churches, not all, not all, but in some cases they can be dismissed. Um, Their word isn't as important or their vision or their advice um, but also a lot of people are unaware of the different responsibilities that you have and the different weight that you have on your shoulders. And so thank you ladies for sharing. I have, over the 10 years that I've known you ladies, I have had the privilege of learning many things. You have given me a lot of sound advice. And I'm so grateful. I'm grateful that my pastors have you as their wives. I'm so grateful that... Um, we have wise women in our church who are, and you're not just trying to, you know, puff up your husband, you're, you're walking with him, you're growing with him. And I love it. And I was just like saying, I don't know how they do it because I'll be wanted be slapping people sometimes. <laughs> and they, and, you know, and I just see their faces like this, uh-huh, just smiling and it looks so genuine and I'm like I need to learn how to do that because my face says get away from me because I'm gonna kick you the (laughs) Lord's working on me don't judge me but um (laughs) ladies again thank you so much for for sharing with uh with us today and to end what advice could you give to anyone who's about either about to marry a pastor is married to a pastor or is transitioning into becoming a pastor's wife? What What is some advice you can give to them?
0: I think I would tell them that not to forget that your family and your husband come first. And then the church comes after. Um The churches are going to come and the churches are going to go. The members of the church are going to come and they're going to go. But you made a commitment when you married your husband to be married until death do you part. And it is so important to know and understand that they are your spouse and they're the ones that you have to um, live with and sleep with and wake up with and um, have children with and you know, a lot of times if you don't take care and have a healthy marriage, a healthy family, um, you are not going to have a healthy church um, because the church is healthy when the, when the pastor, the wife, the children, they're in a healthy place, a good spiritual life at home, it will translate into the church and just really making sure and effort. And one of the things that Josh and I, that we do with our family every year is take a vacation together. Just one week family vacation. It's when my kids, since we were little, they're little, they just look forward to that one week. I got mom and dad to myself 100%. And every year they're okay being in church. They're okay working in church. They're okay letting Josh go and come back for meetings, you know, every day, you know, whatever time of the day. They're okay because they know that they're going to get that one week like they work for that. Like we all work for that. It's just our time. And if, and if a church could help pastors just get to do that, like it just that family time and those memories that are built that one week are just so important, very important. Of course, you have all those moments during the week or even if they're short vacations, but just those in really intentional times that you spend with your family and that the church allows that to happen and gives them that opportunity to do that is so important. Is just creating those times that are memorable within your family and that attitude of, you know, we serve the Lord and now we get to do this, you know, like look forward to this and serving the Lord is awesome. It's not a bad thing. It's not something that comes to destroy your family. It's something that is just your rewards are in heaven and the blessings are are now like the, the Lord blesses your family and blesses you in such big ways. And we're always telling the kids, this is happening because God is blessing us because we're serving the Lord with all of our heart. And they learned that.
2: And that's so important. I would say too, that, um, to make sure that you support your husband, uh, 100%, because, you know, it's not, if you're not supporting him and he's doing this all on his own, like it's not going to really work because there's always going to have, there's going to be these, these, these issues, you know? And so I think, you know, backing up your husband, being there and really understanding his calling and understanding um, where God has him. I think it's really important Um, because I know, because I can speak from experience. You know, so really understanding the calling that God has on his life. And then also, I would say, don't hide behind your husband. Like if God has called you to do something in ministry, do it, do it. Um, I think it's such an an honor to be a pastor's wife. Uh, But I also know that, you know, that God has called me to do things and, you know, to to work in ministry. So if 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 you have a calling in, in your life as well. Put it into practice, you know, and 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 do that, and don't just hide behind your husband. Um, And like Jane said, you know, just being intentional with your family time, being intentional uh, with your children. If you don't have children, then being intentional with your husband and making sure that you set those boundaries and to and and to just know what your priorities are. And um, I think that that will probably eliminate a lot of headaches and a lot of arguments um, in the future. So yeah, I mean, like I said, being a pastor's wife is such an honor and such a blessing. Honestly, like I have seen God's hand and God's blessings on our lives. And more importantly, just the way, you know, God blesses others and to be able to serve others is such an honor.
1: Amen. Well, ladies, thank you for giving us just a a, a slight look into your your walk as a pastor's wife, a, a little view into your, your home life. Um, again, I, I thank you so much for all the support you have given um, your husbands, because they are also great teachers for me and great leaders. And just the way that you hold your relationship with them. Um, I, I see it in them, right. And, um, and I'm so grateful. I'm, I am, I'm not crying, but I'm going to after this, <laughs> but, um, I'm very grateful for you two ladies. I'm so grateful for the strength that God has given you to, to be able to endure this calling. And I'm so grateful for the wisdom and the understanding, not just for you two, but for your children. And I thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing your husbands with the church. Thank you so much because um, your work may not always be seen and your struggle or your strength may not always be recognized, but I see it. I acknowledge it and I appreciate it oh so much. And I know there are many people, I'm sure there are people who feel the same way, but um, again, I thank you. I thank you. I don't even know how to thank you, but Lord, I just uh, pray blessings over their families and their children and their ministry and, and, uh, and all that they do, Lord. And for everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in and, uh, we'll see you for the next one.
2: Bye.